Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, Las Vegas finds out when they're going to get a Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium. You'll hear some sound bites from interim head coach Rich Bisacci as he met with the media on Monday. Plus, Hall of Famer Tim Brown sends a message on Twitter, and you'll hear calls and texts to close out the show for Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find it free and available on all platforms. Off top, Super Bowl 58. 2024 is coming to Las Vegas pending approval from the owners. The owners' meetings are going on right now in Dallas uh, through Wednesday. Our guy Vinny Bonsignor from In the Huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920 and also the Las Vegas Review Journal. He's there on site and uh, put out a piece on the Review Journal on Monday that the Super Bowl is definitely going to be coming to Allegiant Stadium in 2024 against Super Bowl 58. This was a Super Bowl that was originally supposed to be going to New Orleans, but after the NFL added that 17th game to the schedule, it kind of messed up the calendar a little bit, so it actually pushed the date back into Mardi Gras, and then that wasn't going to work, so uh, they gave New Orleans 2025, Super Bowl 59, and had an opening there in Super Bowl 58, which Las Vegas will be officially awarded that in the next coming days. Another big-time event headed to Allegiant Stadium, and that's what you get and what you want when you have a brand-new stadium. I mean, that's part of it. That's kind of the assurance when you go and get money from a city like the Raiders got from Las Vegas. It's the assurance that, hey, you know, big-time events will be there, and there will be a lot of money generated not only in the stadium but in the city in general, and the Super Bowl is like one of no other. I mean, there is going to be so much money generated when they have that Super Bowl. Of course, this year on February 6th, the Pro Bowl is going to be here in Las Vegas, and then later on in the calendar year, April 28th through 30th, the NFL Draft will be here. So those are two big-time moneymakers back-to-back, and then all of a sudden, you're going to have not Super Bowl 57. Super Bowl 57 is actually in Glendale, Arizona, which to me, as a guy who's been to the Super Bowl in Arizona, boring. <laughs> you know, I mean, the city is just not that great. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's a location that they like to go to, just like they like to go to New Orleans. Now Las Vegas is going to be entered into the mix. And when I say entered into the mix, please believe it won't be the only time that Las Vegas houses the Super Bowl. And that's going to be one of them destinations, just like we talk about all the time with regular season games. It's a destination that people are going to want to go to to people are going to want to spend a lot of money I know that does nothing for the Raiders and their their play on the field and what they're looking like on the field and even if they're getting to host a Super Bowl anytime soon but just for the revenue factor and the fact that Allegiant Stadium is one of the nicest stadiums in the NFL uh, they get rewarded accordingly so I'm pretty excited pretty pumped up that Super Bowl 58 2024 will be in Las Vegas. Interim head coach Rich Bisaccia met with the media on Monday, and it was only a handful of us because most people were still traveling back from Kansas City, but a few of us were there, uh, able to ask him a couple questions, get our Howard Cosell on with him, and he was kind of on edge. And I guess after you lose 48-9, to you're going to be a little bit on edge, and you'll hear a question that I asked him that he wasn't too happy about, but that's okay. I get it. I, hey, I'm not mad at the frustrations or the anger. That just shows that there's some kind of emotions going on in there, and that's probably a good thing. But here's Rich Bisaccia, his opening statement, which is really an injury report, and it's a very lengthy injury report, which to me is very concerning, especially since it's going to be a short week playing the Browns on Saturday. I'll run down the injury report here and then take some of your questions. As of right now, we should get Jalen Rashard back, uh, hopefully off of COVID tomorrow. 
Um, Foster Moreau right now is uh, going to be day-to-day. Um, has a little bit of a, a muscle strain. Um, Darren Waller is still questionable. Um, Patrick, uh, we should get him back a little bit. He'll be a little bit limited this week as we get started tomorrow, but hopefully we get him back. Denzel Perryman is still questionable with the ankle. Uh, Max Crosby right now is limited with a calf. Uh, Carl Nassip is uh, still a little bit day-to-day limited um, with his knee. And then um, we hope to get Bowers back. We'll know a little bit more this afternoon and tomorrow morning with him. He's getting a lot of his strength back. Hopefully we can get him back for this particular game. And uh, Trayvon Mullen right now is questionable with a toe. Uh, that's where we're at at this particular point injury-wise, and I'll take any questions you may have. So there's Rich Versace right there with the injury report. That was really a laundry list. I mean, if you look at it, man, Jalen Richard, he's hoping to get back sometime today from COVID. That's great. But having Foster Moreau day-to-day, Waller is still questionable. Awasu is limited. He's a special teams guy. But Denzel Perryman, questionable. That's a big-time loss on the defensive side of things. If he can't go on Saturday, Crosby limited. That's a big deal. Nassib limited with the knee injury. I don't expect him to go. But Crosby with the calf injury, they're going to definitely need him out there. Uh, I know Malcolm Koontz is looking good and you want him to get some more burn but that's not at the at the cost of having Max Crosby miss a game so hopefully he's able to uh, progress throughout the course of the week uh, Bowers the other tight end limited and then Trayvon Mullen who just came back from IR all of a sudden to see him on uh, not on IR again but just have a toe injury and questionable that's what he came back from was the toe injury so obviously he aggravated that again on Sunday against the Chiefs and I want to say I remember I thought I saw him limping off the field and I think maybe the third quarter and I thought oh man he's injured again Trayvon Mullen's just one of those guys who gets banged up quite a bit but that's the injury report from Monday hopefully it it continues to progress and get better throughout the course of the week because they're going to need a lot of those players to be out there and healthy especially Perriman especially Crosby it'd be nice to see Waller but I have my doubts that he'll be out there Moreau needs to be out there for sure Uh, and Mullen it'd be nice to have him out there even though he wasn't that great on Sunday just to have those reinforcements so Darren Waller, he's been one of those guys that have been week to week, then day to day. So he's limited right now or questionable right now, according to Rich Basaccia. So is his questionable, is that an improvement from last week's day to day? Is he getting better at least? Is he seeing progressions from Darren Waller? Yeah, he's progressed from the pool onto the uh, standing treadmill now in our uh, facility. So again, it just hasn't been able to be outside and run yet or cut or do things of that nature. So we're hoping to get more progression from him. But as of right now, it's just he's in a questionable state. So it didn't sound too positive when it came to Waller right there. He's in a questionable state. He almost sounded more positive about Darren Waller last week than he does this week so far. So that's something to be concerned about. And again, as you get deeper and deeper into the season with less and less games left to go, some of these players don't return from injury as quickly as you would like. Some for good reason, some for, well, they're just not in a hurry to get back. And I'm not saying that that's the case with Darren Waller, but he did sound like he was a lot more closer to being out there last week than he did uh, at least what he said on Monday. So hopefully Hopefully throughout the course of the week, it'll improve when it comes to Darren Waller. Now, one of the questions that I had for him, and this isn't the one that he got irritated with, I don't think. I mean, he kind of got a little bit of edge, but he had mentioned after the game on Sunday that there was going to be some examining of the coaches and the players and some potential changes. So I asked him straight up, do you anticipate any changes coming to this team before Saturday's game against the Browns? Well, I, I anticipate playing with a different team every week. That's kind of what happens. So I don't, I don't think that'll change this week. We'll see how the injury report files out, and we're always going to try to put players in competitive situations. All of a sudden, we have Malcolm Koontz playing. All of a sudden, we have Divine Diablo playing. All of a sudden, we've dressed some different guys offensive line-wise, and they've gotten some different snaps. And 
So we'll see how that shakes out. But I, I always think there's changes from week to week in our league. So that was a convenient way to dance around the question and basically say that he's always uh, anticipated and prepared for a different lineup. But that's not what I meant, and he knows that's not what I meant, and that's not what he referred to when he was talking on Sunday night when he was saying that we're going to have to look at the coaches, look at the players, and and, and potentially make some changes. Uh, that's what I was talking about. But that's okay. That was the answer he gave me. So that just let me know that uh, there could be some internal stuff that they're looking at that he didn't want to talk about. And that's okay. That's all right. Got a couple more sound bites for you real quick. Uh, how about what he thought of the players gathering on the Chiefs logo? That's something that nobody asked him following the game on Sunday. So I believe Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal, he asked that question on Monday. Yeah, I'm, you know, I didn't know about it um, in the beginning. And when I left the field, everyone was was in the end zone. And uh, it's certainly something I've discussed with some of the players. And we'll talk about it in our team meeting tomorrow. Um, I can understand you know, the other team having a point of view about it. And, and um, so, I, again, I, I, I didn't really think it was, uh, now that I found out about it, I would rather it not happen. I'd rather not walk from one end of the field to the other uh, to make some sort of point. We punted in, thought we should have huddled there like normal and, and come off the field. But um, I'll do a little bit better job of staying out there a little bit longer and making sure we do what we're supposed to do at the end. And, leave the field. So clearly he wasn't too happy about the move and I mentioned it on Monday's show. I didn't think it was a big deal. I understand what Unique Ngakwe and company were trying to do to try to get the team fired up but the Chiefs is probably not the team that you want to do that against because they don't need any extra fuel to the fire and on top of that I don't think you should have to stand on top of the logo to be able to get yourself fired up. You know what I mean? Like, you should be fired up. That's the Chiefs. That's the hated Chiefs. Matter of fact, coming up in segment number two, you'll hear what is said from Tim Brown when he talks about the Chiefs and what happened to the Raiders when he played on the team back in 99. That's all coming up in segment number two. But my final soundbite I want you to hear, the last thing I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, you'll hear my question that irritated Rich Basaccia. And it's just about the five turnovers. And I asked him, is that a mental thing at that point? Because it, it starts to snowball. Very respectful question, but he wasn't having it. When you have a performance where there's those five turnovers, like you mentioned, uh, does it just become mental at one point when it just starts snowballing like that? You know, I've said really, we've had five turnovers. You know what I mean? We're, we're trying to get ready to go play Cleveland. I don't know how much more I can banter around the turnovers in the game or the sacks in the game or what went on. You know, if you'd like to ask a question about Cleveland, I'm, I'm all ears. So that, that game's over and we didn't play well enough to have a chance to win. Now we're on to the next week. So apparently I stepped on his logo. <laughs> apparently I stepped on the logo right there when I asked that question. Again, it, all due respect, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't poking the bear or anything, just asking a question if he felt like it was mental lapse after a couple of those turnovers happened. It just became a snowball effect. And uh, the good thing is he showed some emotion. He showed a little bit of fire, got, uh, you know, upset about the question. He didn't want to answer it, but that's okay. I mean, that's fine. I'd rather him get fired up and show some emotion, at least show that, you know, he cares and, and clearly the team cares about it as well. He just didn't care to talk about it. So that, that was what it was, but uh, that was the media session. That was some of the questions from the media session on Monday. Uh, Derek Carr and a few others selected will meet with the media a little bit later today, I believe by way of Zoom. I think I remember reading the email correctly that it's not going to be in person. It's going to be by way of Zoom, but uh, you'll hear from the quarterback on, uh, on later on today. So uh, that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, going to read a tweet that Tim Brown sent out on Monday night that talked about the Kansas City Chiefs and the end of the 99 season. I thought it was great. It's a good read. Plus, I want to comment on it and talk about it next and challenge the Raiders to do something about it. But before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Boost Mobile and the fact that you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. 
Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too, and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers covers not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. I also want to remind you that Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium in L.A. is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Had a lot of different directions I was going to go in today's show. As you can imagine, there's a lot of different things to talk about when it comes to the Raiders, uh, things that are going on right now with the team, things that are going to be potentially going on after the season. I mean, there's a lot of different directions that I could have addressed and talked about, but all of a sudden I came across Tim Brown's tweet Monday night and thought that it was great, especially since he was talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, and I don't know, he's a Hall of Famer, so it's a big deal, you know, and I, I love what he said because really I I was thinking it myself, just not in the exact same words, but uh, I love what Touchdown Tim Brown had to say, and obviously a very well-respected uh, member of the fraternity that is the Raiders, once a Raider, forever a Raider, and of course Tim Brown is one of the best of the best. Uh, he tweeted out on Monday night, the Raiders, the end of the 99 season was a game changer for our team. It's the last game of the year. We have nothing to play for, but Kansas City is playing for the division title. We got down early in the game and by half was down 17. But something happened in the locker room that changed us. Guys started talking about being sick and tired of losing to Kansas City and losing, period. There was a challenge issued. If you don't care, don't come out of the locker room. We came out of the locker room, overcame the deficit, and beat KC, which had only been done once in my previous 11 years. That catapulted us the next three years to a Super Bowl, two AFC Championship games, and, well, the Tuck game. Someone in the locker room has to grab this team by the throat and refuse to allow them to fail. The question is, who is that guy or guys, and can and will they stand up? That's from Tim Brown on Twitter Monday night, and how powerful is that? They had nothing to play for, which at some point this season, the Raiders will probably have nothing to play for. I know some people are talking about them winning the final four games of the season. I haven't seen anything that they've done this year at all that tells me they're going to do that, but it's mathematically possible. They could still do that, but it could come down to, and look, Sunday would have been a perfect game against Kansas City, even though you went into the locker room 35-3, to and most likely you're not going to come back in that, or 38-3, to whatever the score was. It was a whole lot to a very little, you know, so most likely you're not going to come out uh, and, and win that game. But if they came out with their hair on fire in the second half and say, hey, we're not going to get embarrassed, the hell with this, that would have said something. But since they didn't, fine. Now you're playing on a short week. You have the Cleveland Browns who are playing for a lot, even if you're not playing for a playoff spot, which, again, there's a strong chance that they're not going to be playing. How about you play spoiler for some teams? You have nothing but AFC games left the rest of the way. 
You have this week against Cleveland. Then you got the Broncos at home. Then you've got uh, the Colts. And then you got the Chargers at home. Why not play for something that's even bigger than yourself? Why not play for the man next to you? Why not play for the logo on your shoulder? Why not play for just your fans that are there cheering you on and spending their money? Why not someone stand up in that locker room, grab the team by the throat, and, and say, hey, we are not losing. We're tired of, of, of losing. We're sick and tired of losing. At, at what point, why doesn't anyone say that? And I'm not saying nobody has, but you haven't seen the results on the field. But I love how Tim Brown said, hey, it had only been done one time, and that was beating Kansas City in his previous 11 years. So obviously it was something he's very familiar with what the Raiders have going on. Right now, Andy Reid, since taking over Kansas City, is 15-3 and against the Raiders. 15-3. and So there hasn't been a whole lot of wins on the rivalry side of things. You know what I mean? And I talk about it even on the radio or the podcast. It's not much of a rivalry when it's one-sided. So someone at some point needs to stand up, and I've talked about it in previous weeks, who's going to be the alpha dog, who's going to be the guy to lead them uh, you know, to the promised land or at least get them as close as possible. I, I talked about Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe. Look, somebody just needs to step up and say enough is enough. Either this thing is going to get turned around right now or it's not. You know what I mean? And, and if it's not, then they need to find someone who's going to get this thing turned around. they got to find someone who can stand up and say enough. This losing stuff is ridiculous. We've lost for way too long. We're going to stop doing that. Now, ideally, in my opinion, just my opinion, that would be Derek Carr. But that's not in his DNA to get, to get angry and get fired up like that. I mean, he wants to win. Like he said, losing sucks. He's tired of this crap. But where's the, where's the emotion? Where's the, you know, the, the want to and the, and the anger? Look, Unique Ngakwe, he did whatever he could do on Sunday, or at least what he felt like he needed to do on Sunday when he gathered everybody on the Kansas City Chiefs logo, but that shouldn't be it. I mentioned that in segment one. That shouldn't be it. That shouldn't be what, what's needed. How about when you get ready to come out that tunnel while you're in that locker room preparing for the game to kick off? Hey guys, guess what? We're going out there today and we're not losing. We're not. And I know it's a, a team on the other side of things that are going to have something to say about that. But at some point, man, it's got to be mind over matter. You've got to decide that I don't mind whooping their tail and they don't matter. We are just going to go out there and win because that's who we are. We're winners. We're not going to allow them to enjoy this. We're not going to allow them to run away with the division. We're not going to allow them to make a laughing stock of us. We're not going to do any of that. But instead, the Raiders have been comfortable and content and okay with the performances that they've been putting out there. And that's where the problem is. And just like the Josh Jacobs fumble to start the game, that was a mental thing. That wasn't a hell of a defensive play. That was a mental thing. Foster Moreau, mental thing. Hunter Renfro, mental thing. It was all, in my opinion, mental. And that's why I asked Rich Basaccia, is it just a mental thing? Is it just a snowball effect, you know, that happened? And he didn't want to answer it. But I, I feel, in my opinion, since he didn't answer it, I'm going to say it was a mental lapse. But someone has got to stand up and be that guy. And if it's not one guy, maybe two guys, maybe three guys. I don't know. But somebody's got to have the, like I like to say, something in their neck that gives them the edge to step up and just get fired up. I mean, I promise you, I'm not in the locker room, but I promise you that's, that's how I am. That's how, that's how I am in, in life in general. When things ain't going right, like on Monday, we started off a radio show bad because the communication between me and Demond wasn't where it was supposed to be. I thought I communicated what I needed to communicate. He didn't understand it the same way. And I got pissed off and I let it be known. I let it be known. We're not going to sound amateur. We're going to go to commercial. We're going to come back. We're going to reset the show and we're going to do this right. We are not going to settle for amateur. And we came back and had a kick-ass show. But we had to reset it because it didn't start off the way that it needed to be. After Josh Jacobs fumbled that ball, somebody, probably Josh Jacobs, should have got those guys on the sideline and said, hey, my bad, I blew it, reset this thing, and let's get, let's get focused. But apparently nobody did, and then it was a snowball effect. 
I love what Tim Brown had to say. I thought that that was amazing. And, and look, we all remember that. I remember that game that they came back and beat Kansas City. I remember the next three seasons when they went to the Super Bowl and two AFC Championship games. Somebody's got to be tired of it. I know the fan base is tired of it. There was a fan standing outside of Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on Monday with a bag over his head. A bag! He had a bag over his head like the Saints back in the day. Remember when the Saints fans used to be in, in the Mercedes-Benz Dome and they used to have a bag over their head and they called themselves the Aints? There was a fan out in front of Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center Monday morning saying Raider fans deserve better than this. If you're the Raiders and you're driving into work, how embarrassing is that? How embarrassing is it that your fan base is standing outside of your headquarters with a bag over their head talking about we deserve better than that as fans? How about somebody in that locker room take the same approach of the fans and say, hey, we're tired of this. This is embarrassing. This, we deserve to put a bag over our own heads because we played so bad. How about somebody like that take ownership and responsibility? I just don't know if they have that guy in the locker room. I know Josh Jacobs has said what he said after the, after the game against the Washington football team, and I felt like, okay, that was good. I was glad to hear that. I was glad to hear what K.J. Wright had to say. But who's acting on it in-game? Who's acting on it when it matters when they can still make a difference? Again, I don't think that would have made a difference on Sunday. I don't think they would have came back from as much down as they were and, and won the game. But damn, show some fight. Show some fight. Show some energy. Show something. Show that you care and you're not content with losing. Because what I saw on Sunday made it look like they were content with losing. And that's not okay. That's an that's a organizational problem. If you're content with losing, then you need to clean house. If you can't change the people around you, you need to change the people around you straight up. That's the best thing I can say. If you can't change the people that are around you, if you can't fire these guys up and get them to want to come out there and play with their hair on fire and actually put a decent product out there on the field, look, I get it if you lose a game. Games are going to be lost. You know, Monday Night Football was fantastic. The Rams and the Cardinals, the Cardinals lost, but Kyler Murray left everything on the field he could. The Cardinals left everything on the field they could. They competed. They fought. They scratched. They clawed until the end and still found a way to lose, but... At least you knew that they left everything out there. You can walk out of that stadium and be like, man, that was a hell of a game. For the Raider game on Sunday, you can't walk out of there and say anything positive. You can't say that was a hell of a game. You, say, you can say that was a hell of an embarrassment. That's all you can really say. So I love what Tim Brown had to say on Twitter. I hope somebody from the Raiders read that. And I hope someone expressed that and shared that with the, with the rest of the, the locker room. Now, we'll see. There's four games left. What will this team do with it? Will they be content with just running out the rest of the season and, and taking the L week to week? Or will they actually try to do something? Will they try to make a run? Will you see some energy coming out of the locker room on Saturday when it's cold in Cleveland? Are they going to come out there with their hair on fire or are they going to come down there and lay an egg? I mean, obviously we won't know till Saturday, but man, I'll tell you, they have got to have some want to and some care. If they cared half as much as the fan base cared, if they played like they cared as much as the fan base did, and they'd be on fire. They wouldn't have only won one game since their bye week. You know what I mean? I mean, if they came out with the energy and the want to that the fan base has, and they'd be okay. If they put, and I saw someone tweet this out, and I do appreciate it. Someone said if they put some as much passion and energy into what their product is on the field as Q does into the podcast, into the radio show, then they would be all right. And I'm not saying that to, to toot my own horn, but I'll tell you right now, I'm putting everything I got into it. Sometimes it's appreciated, sometimes it's not. That's okay. I know damn well that I'm doing the very best I can each and every time I'm either on the radio or doing a podcast. So at the end of the day, if I fail, it's not from lack of effort. <laughs> That's the one thing I can guarantee you. I might not be the most talented dude in the world, but I will be the guy that outworks everybody. I promise you that. And I would love to see someone from the Raiders step up and be that guy. Do they have that guy in the locker room? Do they have that guy that will say, enough with this losing stuff. This is old and tired and worn out and I'm not doing it anymore? Well, 
They got four games to show up, but we will see. But I had to pass that on from Tim Brown. It fired me up reading that tweet from Tim Brown. It was about three tweets long, but uh, just being able to put that thing together and read it, it, I could really appreciate that. And that's the reason why Tim Brown has a gold jacket. That's exactly why, because guys that have that kind of mentality end up with gold jackets. They're different. They're special. They do extra work. They care more. They put more into it. Shout out to Touchdown Tim Brown. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about something I've been seeing a lot. I've been seeing and hearing a lot about Stance Apparel. And, well, one, it's the holiday time, and so a lot of people are going out and they're trying to buy special gifts or look for special gifts like socks, shirts, joggers, hoodies. I'm a big hoodie guy, man. You can get me a hoodie any day of the week and twice on Sunday. I love me some hoodies. I don't even like wearing jackets, but I love me some hoodies. With Stance, they have some fantastic hoodies. They have some fantastic socks joggers, everything that you can imagine they have. Uh, they have the, the Wu-Tang Clan collection that I really love. Uh, Batman, the Goonies, Star Wars, Office, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, Bob Marley, Major League Baseball, NBA. I mean, they have all kind of different brands and styles. All you got to do is check them out on their website, stance.com. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase if you use the promo code Locked On. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary and do it with Stance. Again, check them out today, stance.com, promo code Locked On to get 15% off your order when you check out. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number up first. We got Raider Infiltrator. He's calling to talk about the team in general and summarize what the biggest issues are with the Raiders. Here he is, Raider Infiltrator. Hey, what's up, Q? This is uh, Raider Infiltrator, man. A lot of stuff to unpack. A lot of things ain't worth mentioning. Wasting time. Pointing fingers at who did what worst. Everybody collectively did bad. Um, so I'm just going to put it all, wrap it all up and point the biggest finger, in my opinion, has got to be the coaching staff. And I see a lot of people saying, you know, this player is terrible and sucks and that player, this player, and our first round picks and our, you know, draft picks and, you know, a lot of, a lot of fingers to point around and stuff, but. The thing is, is you know, the, this coaching staff just does not have the players in the in the position to succeed. Starting with the offense, I mean, Gus Bradley's doing a a good job. You know, he's he's doing a good job. Is the defense has improved from last year? Can't really put a whole lot of blame on them. They played most of the game. Uh, offense again cannot uh, sustain drives. Can't put points on the board. Defense is constantly on the field. Um, but you know, Rich Pisacius. Good guy, but not not a head coach. Doesn't doesn't uh have good time management skills. Uh, you know, it sounds like a you know I like what he says he is. He's a good leader of men, but that's that's about it. Just kind of somebody on the sideline that the players like, you know, but just just not head coach material. Um, don't don't care for Greg Olson and his play calling. Uh. That's that's where I think our biggest need is. I, I I'm fine with Josh Jacobs, and you know we we got some of the receivers. You know we 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 can build on them. Uh, losing rugs was was hurt, but 
I think our offense should still be a lot better than this. You know, we're just, just got to get it together. On to the next week. See you. There he goes, Raider Infiltrator. And, yeah, man, the coaching staff has got to be an issue, right? Top to bottom. And, honestly, I like Gus Bradley a lot. I like what he's been able to do, but he hasn't continued to improve. They started out really hot, the defense, that is, and and they, they've they been steady, but you'd like to see them continue to improve. That's what I was expecting throughout the course of the season, especially when they started out the way they did. I thought that they were going to have to work their way up to a certain point. They started out in a good spot, and, and they just, in my opinion, thought they were going to get better, 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 and they haven't. You know, they started to kind of, uh, you know, peter out and just be at that same level, so... Uh, we'll see what they do uh, moving forward the rest of the way. I have no idea who uh, Raiders owner Mark Davis is targeting to be the next head coach. There's always rumors here and rumors there, a lot of speculation here and there. But honestly, it's just speculation. Nobody really has any idea until you actually hear from the man himself and he says something or somebody very credible uh, says something. So as of right now, I have no idea who that person could be, but it's got to be someone really strong that can get this thing turned around. I thought at one point it could potentially be someone that's an up-and-coming guy that could be a, the next head coach. I don't think that that's the case anymore. I think you have to get somebody that's a proven guy, that's a proven winner, that knows what he's doing immediately when he walks into the locker room and, like Tim Brown said, can grab somebody by the throat and say, we're not losing it around here anymore. This is changing and it's changing today. That's who they need to get. I don't know who that is, but they need to go get them. Next up, got a text from Sean from the Quad City. What's up, Q? Appreciate you. What a joke. I don't even know what I just watched. Defense is trash. Our O-line is mediocre. We have so much talent, but the holes we have are way too big. We need players that can cover. This isn't going to work. I don't see players fighting. They gave up. Mark needs a clean house. Always next year. So what? Now, four more years of a rebuild? It's sad because I know 90% of the fans right now are still watching the whole game. But much love. Raiders. That's from Sean from the Quad Cities. And thank you for the text. And I understand coming out of that uh, game on Sunday feeling exactly that way. I will say I don't think the defense is trash. I think the biggest issue, actually one of the biggest issues, is the offensive line. The offense hasn't been able to perform at all. Just not giving Derek Carr, giving the running game a chance. I mean, it's just really the offensive line, if anything, that I would say is the biggest issue. The defense has its moments where it's really bad. But for the most part, it's actually allowed the Raiders to stay in uh, a handful of games. They just haven't been able to find a way to get it done but similar to what I said in segment number two man if you can't change the person around you and make someone improve and make someone have a little bit of want to like you said Mark needs a clean house that that's probably what it's going to come down to is cleaning house if you can't change the person around you you've got to change the person around you thank you for the text I appreciate you next up I got a call from Joe from KC now living in the ATL He's talking about next year, the GM position, the head coach position. Then he has a question about a play he's confused about. Here he is, Joe, formerly of KC, now in the ATL. Yo, what up, Q? This is Joe, formerly of KC, currently ATL. Just uh, calling me in, man, just start talking about the next year and everything. Uh, who I want to see is GM. I'd like for the Raiders to uh, take um, Will McClay. He's the uh, like the head of like scouting and uh, player personnel for the uh, Cowboys. I would love for them to get him and make him our, our new GM. Uh, as far as uh, Kellen Moore, man, I am kind of interested in his uh, his offense. He's a young guy. Um, you know, it might be it might be a direction that we could go in. I'm not opposed to that. You know, if he's the best, you know. Uh, offensive mind that's available right now. I'm definitely open to that. Uh, since I'm on the topic of the Cowboys, I just have one question. We see this play that was made by uh, Michael Parsons. You know, the big strip sack, the turn to a, uh, 
a touchdown for the Cowboys. It's all over TV. It's everywhere. All over the media. But I have a question. The week before, last week, Max Crosby had a similar hit on uh, Tyler uh, Heineke, and he got flagged for it. Now I went back and I looked at both of those plays, and I'd just like to know, what's the difference? One's a flag, one's all over, all over TV, and so it's such a great play. I'd appreciate it if you could help me understand that, my dog. All right, man. Raider Joe out. Raider Joe, thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And first, I'll address the front office guys. Will McClay is a guy that's been highly sought after, highly respected across the league. The Cowboys have actually given him raises and increased his job title just to keep him in Big D. But there's been multiple teams, including the Texans, that tried to get him. As far as Kellen Moore goes, I think he's the Cowboys' next head coach in waiting. I really do. I don't think he's going anywhere. But if he does, he might be a guy who is so interested in the offense that he wants to keep Gus Bradley on the staff, uh, you know, as a defensive coordinator, which that's not a requirement. It's just a thought. But I'm thinking Sean McVay and uh, what Wade Phillips did when he first took over in L.A., where all he really focused in on was the offense and had a seasoned guy there as a defensive coordinator, and that worked out for him. But uh, I don't think Kellen Moore's going anywhere. Like I said, I think he's going to end up being the Cowboys' next head coach. Uh, as far as the plays that you're talking about, Crosby, the hit on, uh, on Heineke, uh, the difference between that hit and Parsons' hit is – when Parsons hit Heineke, he still had the ball in his hands. And so it caused that fumble that you talked about and caused that recovery. And, you know, that was a turnover. When Crosby hit Heineke, he didn't have the ball in his hands anymore. And so it allowed the officials to say, okay, well, he, you know, threw all his weight down on the quarterback. And plus, the other thing about it, not saying it's fair or right, but Max Crosby's developing a, a reputation. You know, and that's something that I said, I believe his rookie year, I mentioned that Max Crosby's going to probably get a few 15-yard penalties just because he's starting to develop a reputation. He's starting to get uh, hit with those personal foul penalties, and he did a lot of that his rookie year, kind of cleaned it up a little bit his second year, but uh, it's starting to rear its ugly head again this year. And so when you develop a reputation – uh, officials start looking for you just to make that mistake or they think that you're going to make that mistake. So every little thing you do, it's uh, it's magnified. So uh, I think there's a few differences in that play, but I understand what you're saying. Parsons took the quarterback down very hard. Matter of fact, Heineke got hurt, and then Crosby just, well, fell on top of him, and it didn't even look like he tried to put all his weight. Matter of fact, he, he put his arms out, so it looked like he tried to ease up a little bit, and it still didn't matter. He still got called for the flag. So as far as I'm concerned, those are the only real differences. Got one more text for today's show, and we'll take Take it from Raider Guy from the 301 from Maryland. Hey, Q, longtime listener, Raider Guy from the 301, Maryland. I've seen some horrible games since being a fan since 1977, but this one takes the cake. Head coach going for a field goal in the first half does not display killer instincts, which reverberated with the team. Bradley does not tweak his scheme regardless of Abram getting burned in coverage. Other teams have shown how to slow down Kansas City with two single high safety and bump Kelsey off the line. Carr's disappointing comments are old. TV paying many times to him just sitting comfortably on the bench. His completion percentage and stats get worse as the season goes on, November through December, all of his eight pro seasons. Troubling stat from Mo Moten. He doesn't play his best ball in meaningful games at the end of seasons, which is also troubling. I've been a Carr supporter, but the eye evidence and results are becoming difficult to ignore. Another example of getting out coached. How about have another O-lineman on the right to help with pass pro or run jumbo formations? Belichick did that all game to run it down the Bills' throat. Really appreciate your work, and you are my first listen every morning. Keep up the good work. Raiders. That's best regards from Guy in the 301. That's Maryland. And 
uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack right there. And uh, I think that the Raiders coaching staff uh, clearly got outcoached on Sunday by Andy Reid. And Andy Reid even laughed when, when Coach Basaccia decided to kick that field goal. Now, Basaccia said that he just wanted to get some points on the board. Hopefully they can come out of the locker room, stop Kansas City, get the ball back, and score again and get back into the game. But I'm with you. And I tweeted out immediately when he kicked that field goal, like, why would you do that down 35 nothing? It doesn't make any sense. I'd rather see them go for the touchdown, even if they didn't get it. You know, who cares about the shutout? I'm talking about try to score touchdowns, not field goals. Not You know, it's just it's just the optics of it. Carr and the Raiders in general have done poor in November, December. That's just a no doubt about it. I mean, you could single it out and say it's just on Carr, but it's the Raiders in general. They just, every single year, they play bad in November and December, and that's when, that's when it's crunch time, man. They've had one win in the month of November. No wins in December so far. I mean, since the bye week, they've only had one win, and that's against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That was the last game of November. That's not going to cut it anytime. It don't matter what your record is going into November, December. If you can't win in those two months, you're not going to win. You're not going to the playoffs. That's why I don't believe this team could go on a four-game winning streak like many people continue to tell me. And again, I get it. Fandom is great, and it's awesome to have a lot of faith in your team. But I'll have that much faith in the team when they show that much faith in themselves. You got to show something in yourselves before I'm going to believe everything in you. You know what I mean? Uh, earlier in the year, before the season started, I believed that this team was a different team. I said it on any outlet that would listen. Hey, I, I think this team is different. I think they got a little something different about themselves. Uh, looks like they got all on the same page. They're winners. You know, they have a nice young talent. They got some strong uh, veteran talent. And all that has just fallen apart ever since the bye week. Just is wrapped up. They went into the bye at 5-2. and two. They're now sitting at 6 and seven. So that's all I got for you for today's show. Coming up tomorrow, got a call from Dario in the 530, a text from Buckeye Raider for Life. Plus, we'll have more calls and texts straight out that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. We'll have more news and notes of the day and, of course, more subjects to talk about as we uh, continue to navigate through this week and lead up to this game on Saturday against the Cleveland Browns Week 15 action for the Raiders. So until then, Raider Nation, appreciate you making Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Make sure you continue to take care of yourself, take care of your family, uh, be safe out there in them streets, do what you got to do, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.